We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and alongside... Laurie Beakley. Yeah, so what do we call this? The uh, Bo and Beakley Show? Works for me. Uh, Lori, Lori and Bo. Bo, Bo Beakley and Bo. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know, but it's a, it's good to be around somebody that I know and that I trust. And uh, we have had, we've known each other for several years and always had good conversation. And for this opportunity to actually co-host a show with each other, I've been looking forward to. And we always do miscellaneous stories on my program, on this program, at this time frame, because the world is you know all over the place. But I, I do like to start with something nice and, and, and up, uplifting. And uh, who cannot disagree with Gus's pretzels? Uh, they are going into their second century in business. 101st year with the next generation. It was a story I saw on, uh, on Channel 5 KSDK on their website. And it just inspired me that a small mom and pop is surviving through this. I know. And you don't see that, especially through the pandemic, with so many businesses that were shuttered from having to be closed. And then you see one where literally people stand on the corner and sell this product and they're still kicking after this long. It's amazing. And and you know what? And that has been, it's been a great fundraiser for a lot of people over the years. Uh, Guts's Pretzels has supported their community and th- that's how they've survived all this time. Uh, but when they got their, uh, their iconic shop right there across from AB at Arsenal and 55, uh, that is really my favorite way to have a Gus's pretzel. Have you been into that little shop? I have not, oh. but I have several times bought them off a of street corner. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gus's is uh, is really just a, a St. Louis tradition, just like Eat Right. And and to, it was sad to see that one go, but to see Gus's pretzel moving into a, another generation of family, and they always want to do their own twist. Um, if you only had Gus's pretzels, maybe in the shape of a number or a letter or the arch, You've never had the brotzel if you haven't been to the store. No, <gasps> which I wouldn't, being a vegetarian like your wife, I wouldn't oh, have anyway, but... Sorry, that's right. That's, that's okay, right. but tell about the brotzel. There's got to be people that don't know because I know where the shop is, but I haven't been in it. It's uh, it's a great it's a great lunch place, a great snack place. And a matter of fact, before uh, I was coming down on uh, downtown on a regular basis, a buddy of mine works near Produce Road, just north of the city. And anytime I was coming downtown, I'd call him up. I'd be like, hey, meet you at Gus's <laughs> uh, or meet you at Crown Candy or something like that. And uh, and so you go in there and they have sweet pretzels with the cinnamon. You know, mm. if you think Aunt Annie's at the mall, that's the big name brand. In St. Louis, it's Gus's, and they do the sweet thing. They they have these brats that are wrapped in pretzel, their own you know signature. Oh, it's so good! Mm. It's so good! So congratulations to uh, Gus's Pretzels for not only surviving the last year but uh, continuing to uh, to grow because we're not seeing that very much, and they're going into their hundred and first year. Yeah, pretty that, amazing. That is amazing, and I mean, who could pass up a pretzel? Sorry, well, sorry, I, I tried to tempt you with the pretzel, but uh, you know, that's you, okay. You've tempted me with just a regular old pretzel <laughs> <laughs> and a nice warm one from yes. there. Uh, have, have you ever been to a, like a birthday party and, and like the number, you know, the, yeah. the birthday number? It's it's bent in just that way. 
I don't know. I, I grew up in a bakery, so I'm. That's right. I have an affection for uh, Gus's pretzels, but uh, there are other uh, businesses that are surviving. Uh, other mom and pops. Uh, you know, there was another one that was in the news this week too. Gene W. Bratz, uh, Gene W. Uh, Sausage and Meat Company, uh, just off Kings Highway. They were in the group of. There was a group of bars that were shut down because of COVID. Blah 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 violations. And they're not a bar, number one. They do offer a free beer when you're shopping. Um, but Gene W Meats, they got they got shuttered, but then they went through the process and, and fought it and they are now back open. So congratulations to Bob and Mel for getting that back open. That, that, that now have you been in well, it's a it's a meat store. <laughs> I know cheese. it's been a while since we've seen each other. No, they, I know, on. right? <laughs> they do have cheese. They have cheese? Really good cheese, actually. Okay. Um so and beer, that's that's vegetarian, right? <laughs> beer is vegetarian. I don't know. Well, you, I mean, there's always a reason to go someplace new, and you can find something to try somewhere. Yeah, uh, that that's what's famous for this town. Yeah. Uh, uh, any any uh, restaurants that have shut down that uh, have made you sad? Um, what was the one on the hill that recently shut down? There, were, I think it was on the hill. And for the life of me, I can't think of what it was. It was a big deal that this one closed, though, because it had been open for like 50 years. And I, it was an mind. Italian place, and I on the hill, an Italian place. I really? think it was in Italian. <laughs> I know, right? Who, who would know that? An Italian place on the hill, but yeah, I think there was not Gito's. It, I, I don't remember what it was. But uh, it's just sad. Just to see places that had been open for fifty plus years that didn't survive because people couldn't get out or people were afraid to yeah. go out. I think was a lot of it because once people were able to start going out, they were too scared to. Right. Right. And, and, you know, it is it is crazy because a lot of people, you know, we're we're now, what, 11 months into this uh, pandemic thing. Everybody's still trying to figure it out. Um, and, you know, people are there's people that say, OK, I can't go to church or I can't. You know, only so many people can go to your church. But Walmart, everybody's rubbing elbows with each other. But just for a moment, just picture Walmart's being closed during this pandemic. What would we do? for our provisions that we need. So the big box stores that have stayed open, the targets, the whatever of the world, uh, I'm just very thankful. Dollar General, uh, you know, we've got one near our house. Most everybody does. Yeah. Uh, they really, I mean, I think they're they're opening like six stores a day or something wow. like that across the country. And it's just, you know, it's just amazing uh, because even on the front end of the pandemic, it's like people were freaking out about toilet paper, things like that. But they stayed open and they were a little bit more strict, but it is true. You go to Walmart and, there, it's the only difference is people are wearing masks. You're yeah. still bumping into people and you know things like that. So it's kind of getting back to normal, at least my experience. Yeah, yeah. And the regular grocery stores too. If those, I mean, they were on limited hours for a while, yeah. and that kind of upset a lot of people. You know, we'll be open early in the morning for people that you know need to be distanced more. We're going to close earlier at night so we can do extreme cleaning overnight. But the fact that they were able to be open at all. What yeah. would we have done without the grocery stores? Absolutely, and 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 you're seeing, you know, enter enter this door, and you got to leave out the, the separate door. But they've all figured it out, mm-hmm. and and I'm thankful, and I know you are, and everybody's thankful for them being able to, you know, stay open and get our things that we need, um, as long as you're wearing the mask. I, I do remember at the beginning of the pandemic, either six feet apart or wear a mask. Well, of course, now it's it's both everything. Yeah. And now I just heard the other day they're offering. Well, of course there's. There's always going to be technology when it comes to masks because it seems like that's going to be the norm for the foreseeable future. That now, I, I want to say Anthony Fauci might have said that triple triple masks oh, please. are recommended. Stop it. Uh, a surgical mask, then a gator like I have around my neck right now. No. And then another, yeah. No. I, 
No, I'm I'm saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you can just... say no. He really did. I'm going to say no. I think that's that's overkill. You know why? Why force this vaccine on everybody and then tell us to wear three masks? No. Uh uh-uh, uh, stop it. Uh, and also this week uh, that it's being talked about in the White House about having possibly to have the vaccine before you can fly mm-hmm. domestically, not even leaving the country. If you want to get on a, a flight to go to Florida or what, that you would have to have the vaccine. I don't know if that is constitutional, if they can do that, but it's being talked about. And I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I haven't even made a step forward into trying to get a reservation to get a vaccine. I'm just kind of letting everybody do what they've got to do. Please get the older people done. If that's, if that's the course of action to, you know, to, to get this thing to come to an end uh, with older parents, it, it's a concern. My dad is, you know, just can't wait to get it. He'd, Oh, I'm, I'm, I got my reservation. Well, I don't know. It, <laughs> there's still, there's still more to be told. Yeah. And since my parents and I can't take it, you know, all of the rest of you that want to take it, I say go for it because <laughs> it's making up for the fact that we can't. That so, would be such a bummer not to be able to fly. I've never it. flown, so it wouldn't affect me anyway. Hold on. No, you heard me. In your life? In my life. Really? Yep. Have you been in the wheel? I have a sad existence. Never, 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 never. Oh. No, I've never flown. But yeah, I've been in the wheel. Love the wheel. That's as high as you've ever been in your life. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I went to Chicago once, but I took a train. <laughs> no, well, that's, <laughs> that's definitely not. That's the only place out of state that I've been. You've never flown. We're not going there right that's, now. <laughs> that's rare. No, yeah. the last person I ever heard that said they've never flown was Carrie Underwood mm-hmm. when she auditioned. Uh, in St. Louis, I think it was actually. Uh, and For said, Idol. You're going to Hollywood, and she's like, I've never, I've never flown, flown in an aeroplane or <laughs> <Right>. whatever. <laughs> Nor have I. So, yeah, it's true. Any desire? Never thought about it. So, I guess not because it never occurs to me. It's so. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. It's like the best ride at Six Flags. I mean, it's expensive, but, you know, it can be expensive, but it also can be cheap. Allegiant Airlines, 24 bucks to South Carolina. Pfft. Yeah, seriously. Well, hot dog. Never flown. Nope. Ooh, that's going to be a whole nother show. <laughs> that's crazy. What hasn't Laurie done? We need more than one show for that, I'll tell you. <laughs> I think there is a game like that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Laurie Beakley there, and I'm Bo Matthews, and this is the voice of St. Louis KMOX. When we come back, oh, no, this is actually a great segue. When we come back, we're going to talk to author Amanda Boyle, who has uh, a book that Lori Beakley is going to live by, A 100 Things to Do in Missouri Before You Die. And don't have to fly to do uh, is going to be our next guest on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, bored of looking at the same four walls all the time. You got to get out of the house and uh, got some advice on how to do that and where to go and what to do. Another edition of a hundred things to do before you die. Well, it's kind of you know anymore that seems just so threatening, uh, especially living in a pandemic. By the way, this is Bo Matthews, Lori Beakley with me, uh, co-host in the show, and we have Amanda Doyle, a best-selling author, on the line to talk about a new book that's not even out yet, but we're, we got the uh, scoop on an in, on an interview of 100 Things to Do in Missouri Before You Die. Uh, Amanda, welcome to KMOX again. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, thanks. And you're not wrong about the challenges of getting people to want to talk about a book with a title like that. But we're just we're taking the long view that people are wanting to uh, to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So we are too. <laughs> I, 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 okay, it, it does not go unnoticed. But who, who even came up with that that so, slogan? Because there's a, a hundred things to do in any state, America, right? 
Uh, well, it's funny. I actually wrote the first, this book is published by a local publisher called Reedy Press, yeah. and I wrote the very first one that they ever published, which was called 100 Things to Do in St. Louis Before You Die. And we talked about um, that, you and I did. Yes, we sure did. So that was the first one. Um, and at the time, nobody knew it was going to be the first of a bunch, but it turns out people really liked this kind of format. It's very like snackable. You can just kind of pick a page, pick anywhere. We give a lot of suggestions for, you know, itineraries or areas of town or whatever. So once that book was published, yeah, they've gone on to publish, um, I mean, there's at least 75, there might be closer to 100 now in cities and states all across the country. So it's pretty crazy. Okay, so I'm going to ask a question that I know people are wondering, at least I'm wondering. There's 100 things to do. You covered St. Louis. Now you've covered the whole state. How many of them have you done? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, You know what? I haven't counted. I've done, well, and I should say, I am the co-author of the Missouri book. So it's uh, myself and John Brown. Between the two of us, we have definitely done them all. Some of them we've both done. Some of them just one of us has done. Um, but I like to leave a few out there because, you know, I, I'm not eager to get to the bottom of the bucket yet. So. <laughs> and, and did you look at John and go, uh, yeah, you can do that one? <laughs> you know what's funny? So John is, um, John is great if people don't know who he is, first of all. And he is a Missouri guy. He's Missouri born and bred. So he's been everywhere. I'm a Missouri transplant. So um, I, although I've been here 23 years now, but um, so I kind of approached it from the point of view of like, you know, someone who hasn't done all these things before. So I went out to discover a lot. So between the two of us was pretty good. But John is also Mr. Sports. So he could have written a book called 100 Sporting Activities to Do in Missouri Before You Die <laughs> easily. And so for he, the, uh, he pretty much ran roughshod on me with the sports stuff, but but I got him back with the rest. Yeah, and for the record, he almost died uh, jogging as a teenager, uh, having some kind of a heart event. I don't know if you ever heard that story, but he is... I've heard about it, yeah. He, he is a Superman. I've had him on my show to talk about it. He was running, he was dehydrated and didn't know it kind of thing. Uh, he, yeah. is a, he is a Superman, and he's a super dad as well. I follow him on Facebook. I've known him for years. Uh, he and his he actually proposed to his wife on a radio show I was doing years ago. Uh, oh my gosh! So, really? Yes. Oh yeah. So that's one of the hundred things to do. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but you know, not to take away from your contribution to the book, but he is a great guy, and I'm so surprised, as handsome as he is, why New York hasn't gotten him at one of the big networks. But you know what? He loves St. Louis and he loves Missouri, and he's lived yeah, all over the state. I was going to say. I mean, I know that he's not, you know, and he's bounced around a few other places around the country, but he has a definite soft spot in his heart for home. And so, um, and, and to the benefit of all of us, he knows some amazing stuff. So it was a treat to work with him. We've actually gotten to work on one other book prior to this. And um, it's just fun. It's fun to work with somebody who's as excited about things as I am. And we tend to spin each other up into these crazy schemes. So it's great. Now, Amanda, you being a transplant here, why did you decide to do a book like this? and explore these different things to do? You know, um, I think when I first moved um, to Missouri, I I came here first to go to college, actually. I went to Mizzou to J school, and then I left to go to graduate school. And when I got married, um, we moved back to St. Louis. But I just didn't know anything about Missouri before I came to college here. Like, I mean, I kind of knew it was here. (laughs) And that was about it. And so I was constantly surprised at what I discovered. I didn't know there were beautiful parts of Missouri and I didn't know, you know, just all the things that that are here, this incredible history that we have, the music history and civil rights history and all this other stuff. Um, And I think people not from Missouri or who have never been here kind of lump us in with the rest of whatever's in the middle of the country, you know, the flyover Um, states. Exactly. 
I, probably nobody's flying over much these days, but down, we're down here in the middle. And um, I just really wanted people to have this appreciation that I have come to have for some of the really unique things about the state and some things that I think are world-class no matter, no matter where you're from, you know? Well, and there's a lot of uh, famous and smart people that have uh, come from this uh, this state as well, and a Absolutely. lot of them, uh, you know, Mark Twain. You know, you can go up to uh, Hannibal and and you know tour that area. I've I've traveled to the Lake of the Ozarks personally, and I've done a lot of things between St. Louis and there. But beyond that, other than taking the Missouri River Runner Amtrak, I really don't know much other than Kansas City. What's out west? Oh, they right. had a, they had a Harley Davidson dealership, or not a dealership, but a manufacturer out there in Kansas City area. But what are some of the things that, you know, you know, people that are listening to KMOX in the St. Louis region, you know, we know about right. Merrimack Caverns. We know about, you know, certain things around <laughs> here. What are some things that are maybe west that people are missing out on and could, you know, load up the family and go? For sure. There's so much. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think we look at the city, we look at St. Louis and Kansas City as the big hubs. But then if you look at our next level of cities, our Columbia's, our Springfield, our Joplin's, Poplar Bluffs, those are all places that in town have some interesting things and some great restaurants and some really cool just stuff that's going on like you would expect in any city. But also some of the outlying areas um, out around Neosho and down around um, Defiance. Well, Defiance is too close. Neosho, I meant to say Diamond. So outside of Neosho, Diamond, Missouri, is where George Washington Carver was born. And there is a national park site the birthplace of George Washington Carver, and it is really amazing. You can learn about, I mean, people maybe, if they know him, they know he was a famous black scientist, and they might think that he invented peanut butter, and that might be about it. <laughs> but he was such a renaissance man and such an incredible scientist, and they've recreated at the National Historic Site, they've recreated one of his science labs from the Tuskegee Institute, and you can go there and do, like, hands-on science experiments and learn all about his life. So that's kind of amazing to me. Um, there are festivals all over the state that are so much fun to go to. Um, I just, I, there's so many things. If you had to pick one thing for somebody, say like me, who gets picked on for living here their entire life and never having gone anywhere. <laughs> yeah, we just learned, by the way, Amanda, I'll just reference you, uh, this. Uh, we just learned in the last segment, the first segment of the show, Lori Beakley has never flown in an airplane before. No. Otherwise known as wow. an aeroplane. Yeah, I, I don't an get aer- out yes. much. An aeroplane, yeah, I don't get out much. <laughs> so for somebody like me who has been here their entire life, what is one place that you would recommend for somebody to go? Um, so, okay, let me let me ask you a couple of qualifying questions. I you have been to Merrimack Caverns. <laughs> okay, like, do you want a place that everyone should have expected that you would have gone, or do you yeah. want something that's... Okay. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, um, I can't believe you live here and you've never done that. Yeah, one of those. Okay. So first question is, I'm going to ask you, have you been down to all of the natural areas in the Arcadia Valley? Have you been to Elephant Rocks and Johnson Shut-Ins and Castor River Shut-Ins and Tomstock Mountain? I've been to Elephant Rock in 1988. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, the good news is, they've it's been still there. Of years. <laughs> it's so the difference between 1988 and now is probably minimal. Okay. That's good. Um, okay, so I'm going to recommend <laughs> that you spend some more time, even a little south of there. Um, one of my favorite things to do that I just discovered probably about five or six years ago is the Mountain Music Festival in Ironton. Mm-hmm. And it is it happens on the square, the town square in Ironton, which is around the old courthouse of Iron County, where you can see um, shot embedded in the walls from Civil War skirmishes. But it is a... Um, 
several day, they do it in the spring and the fall, three days, long weekend music festival of like traditional old time music. Um, you have people who are playing banjos and fiddles and things like that. You have people who are clog dancing. And if you go in the fall, it coincides with the Arcadia Valley High School homecoming parade. And the first time I ever went to this, I was blown away. I mean, this is a tiny town. Okay. And so the high school brings in kids from all over the area. You know, kids are coming a long way to go to Arcadia Valley High School. These floats are unbelievable. Like they are <laughs> decked out. Each class of the high school, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors, makes a float, and they put their king and queen candidate for homecoming court on it. And it's just a hoot, and it's it's so much fun. It's such a like small town activity that might be surprising that is still happening for those of us who haven't been in a small town in a long time. Um, and it's also great music. <laughs> And it's a tank away. It's a gas yeah. tank away. You could do that. Yeah, exactly. I, that. I mean, you could go down and come back. You can certainly stay there, and there's lots of great stuff around there to do um, the next day. You could go to Johnson Shuttons. You could go hiking at Tomstock, like I said, but you can go and come back if that's what you want to do. It, it, you mentioned Elephant Rock, though. My wife and mm-hmm. I went there a couple of years ago. Great photo ops. It looks like you're oh, holding yeah. up the big boulder. Uh, we got oh, yeah. we got lost on the trail because there's only these little orange flags, and we get, we were just walking, and we get lost. So I pull up my GPS on my phone. It was amazing to me how literally close we were to the Mississippi River, um, yeah. which, it, it, I mean, it just mind, you know, it was mind blowing. So anyway, lots of cool stuff. Amanda Doyle is her name. She's the co-author uh, with John Brown on a hundred things to do in Missouri before you die. It doesn't say a hundred things to do in Missouri before you die of COVID, but just <laughs> I'm trying to lighten the mood because, you know, when the idea of this uh, title came out a long time ago, a great idea. Yeah. Well, then you go right. through a pandemic, and it's like, oh, it takes kind of the, the fun out of it. But you know it's what? It's not so fun anymore. Yeah, a lot of the people who stock the 100 things to do in St. Louis before you die, they have it shelved so that all you can see is the part before before you die. <laughs> uh, man- so you grab it, and then you're committed before you realize, oh, wait, what? <laughs> uh, when, does it, when does the book come out? Because we scooped this interview uh, before it came out. When does it come out, and where can people get it? So the official print date is February 15th, but I'm knocking on wood. I usually get my books a couple days early, so um, it'll be out within the next two weeks for sure. Um, you can pre-order it right now from my website, which is amandaedoyle.com, amandaedoyle.com. And um, it'll be, when it comes out, it'll be at all of your Barnes & Nobles, your Left Bank Books, Novel Neighbors, Subterranean Books, all the great places to get books in St. Louis. And across the state, we're hoping to get it in a lot of the um visitor centers and locations that we mentioned in the book so people have access to it well congratulations on another book i'm sure it's going to be a huge success amanda thanks for joining us on kmox stay right there we're going to take a quick break and Lori beakley and i are going to come back and we are going to do a segment called what you watching for those people that are not getting out to do 100 things before you die uh we are going to uh, talk to those of you that are you know staying in and binging we're going to do that next on the voice of st louis kmox we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the voice of St. Louis, Camel X. I'm Laurie Beakley, back with Bo Matthews, and we're going to have 
a little TV watching fun now. I thought this was a great idea that you came up with to do what you're watching because, you know, obviously I don't go anywhere. So what else am I going to do <laughs> okay. but watch TV? It spurred off of, Lori, it spurred <laughs> off of a, an old bit on Saturday Night Live. If you remember How Much You Bench. Do you remember that huh? that bit? How much? How much you bench? No. Well, okay. okay. So there's one so person I didn't out there. Watch everything. <laughs> Here we go. By the way, I'm going to say for the record, uh, this is radio, and we thank you for listening. But yeah. for those of you that do watch and do binge programs, that's kind of my thought. We we got into this rabbit hole, and I actually uh, kind of cut the cable cord. We have one cable box left, but I got rid of the DVR because we've got money going out for Netflix and Amazon Prime. We just bought the Pure Flix deal for one specific movie. It's an app, and and it's a, it's another hundred dollars a year, or, you know, whatever. Um, but we've got all these sort this money going out for all these different things. And I know I look at my wife. I'm like, we're not going out to movies. We're not spending money out there. Matter of fact, we had a we had a date last night. Aww. dinner and a movie at the house. But nice. she she prepared it. It was it was great. Um, but what are people watching? Uh, I think I've seen everything on Netflix at this point, but maybe not. Um, what have you been watching? You know, Netflix has that new feature that's just, it's play something. Have you seen this? No. Oh, my gosh. It, it just popped up on the TV one day because I have a Roku. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, go to Netflix on the Roku. And there's this little thing underneath where it has the different um different profiles you can go to. And it's this little thing, and it just says, play something. And I'm like, where did that come from? I'm going to hit it and see what happens. And what happened? It played something. It will just randomly play something. So if you don't know what you want to watch, what you're in the mood for, whatever, you just hit this thing that says play something, and it will just play something random for you. Based on anything? Absolutely nothing. Not based on any previous viewings or anything? No, Uh uh-uh. So I have found some really cool stuff that way because I've been playing with that a lot. <laughs> well, I, uh, I I will say this, that uh, we've been, like I said, we've been off the cable thing. We really haven't. And I, I wonder if you can jump in and out of Netflix and Amazon Prime uh, video if you can, like, say, hey, I'm taking a break and I'm not going to pay you 20 bucks this month or whatever the number is and, and just watch my DVDs because for Christmas – we watched the newest version of the of Dynasty, mm-hmm. uh, just to, you know in the in the last couple of years. Well, my wife got me uh, Dynasty, the original seasons one through four on DVD, and it's so crazy to watch. It's you know Blake Carrington and Alexis and Crystal and all the. It's just amazing, Fallon, uh, and we're watching the differences of what real life is now and what that is. The drama's all the same, but the one character that's missing is the cell phone. Right. Any program you see nowadays has a cell phone in it. Uh, so, yeah, we've been enjoying it. It's kind of our you know brain candy at the end of each night. I, I shared with you that I found uh, on, you know a lot of people, you're hearing George Orwell's name a lot. 1984, you're hearing that a lot. Ironically, uh, it popped up on my queue on Amazon Prime, 1953, mm-hmm. 1984. I was and, like. And I watched it oh, did you last watch night. Yeah, after you sent that to me, I watched it. And I'll tell you, the first few minutes of that movie, I had chills. It was so creepy that this movie, made back in 53, the year my mother was born, a movie called 1984 that is talking about things that are happening in 2020. Yeah, 2021. Uh, I don't even know what year it is. It freaked me out so bad. Did you ever read the book? No. See, everybody I ask normally will say, oh, we had to read that in high school. I don't remember reading it in high school. No, we didn't. I read the book several years ago, the actual book from George Orwell. 
it is amazing. BB, they call Big Brother. Yeah, that and, was, and it was Big Brother was around then. I mean, I thought that was a term that just came out, you know, within the past 30 <laughs> years or so. And that's one of the first things I see in this movie. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? Yeah. And I'm just like, this is creepy. This is freaking me out. And the first time they say Big Brother and they show that picture and the eye is all weird. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I, I kind of wanted to turn it off because it was a little a little off the wall yeah uh so if you have never read i encourage you to read the book uh if you're a reader that's a great book uh because they always say the book's better than the movie Mm -hmm. but the fact that they had eddie albert as a young man lauren green you saw him uh, as a young man of course in 1953 uh it was it's and it was done by what you could see is it almost looked like it was filmed at the fox theater it looked like stage sets it did yeah it looked like like plywood cardboard you know painted sets and everything and it was very basic everything was so simplistic and that made it even creepier i but, think but in 1953 that was probably cutting edge yeah um and and so you know when, when we talk about stuff like this the sets remember when planet hollywood came to st louis and they opened up and i remember you know being there at the the premiere and seeing the star trek set and how disappointed I was that it was all made of cardboard. I'm it like, is? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, nothing much more than cardboard. <laughs> wow. Uh, but that's what they can do with shadows and things like that. So if you check it out, it, it was... Uh, th- now, there was another version of 1984 in, like, the 80s. Mm-hmm. 84, probably 84. Creepy. Um, but the 1953 version will just give you a, a, a peek into just the fact that George Orwell could predict uh, Big Brother, number one, watching everything and the telescreens they called them uh the one thing that they didn't and i and i'm not going to take credit for this i think it was hancock and kelly i heard them say the one thing that they missed that is that we carry the telescreens everywhere we go with our phones yeah uh but that they're watching all the time and the uh, mind control and everything. Oh my gosh, I got chills now. Yeah, love ooh. is hate, hate is love. Yeah. You know, good is bad. It, yeah. Uh, so uh, either way, uh, that. So what else fun have you been watching? <laughs> is there anything fun? Uh, let's see, Bridgerton, is, and that one is actually Netflix. I I saw an article. They said that that's been their most watched series. And what is it? It's. I'm not really big on British shows usually. Oh, but, I, I can't hardly even understand them. I oh, I don't. Do I don't have a problem with an accent. I just find them boring for mm-hmm. the most part. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but Bruce. yeah, sorry. Um, but this one is about um families that, and and I've only seen one episode. It's just one season has been out. I think they're getting ready to do the second season. But um, families that are getting their daughters ready to be presented for marriage proposals and and things and it centers around just a couple of families um well-to-do families you know not royals though no 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 okay and the drama that goes on behind the scenes and the hatred among the mothers of the daughters that are the more popular among the boys that have the money and oh my gosh it is like backstabby and just oh it's like it's like watching high school that sounds like dynasty (laughs) (laughs) minus the shoulder pads but this is set like back in the 1800s okay is it inappropriate to talk about side boob okay everybody knows the term side boob right that's a current term in the last 10 or 20 years yeah it's you know small bikinis or whatever in in dynasty from the early 80s they had that no it was all about cleavage oh yeah and shoulder pads linda evans i mean you could see almost everything Inside boob. Anyway, yes, that's been said on the legendary KMOX. So yeah. sorry. Bo did it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, other cool things that uh, that you've watched or any movies oh. that you've rewatched. That's another topic because 
I rewatch Christmas movies all year long. Right? Oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 not big on watch uh, reading books again. I I will watch movies again, and I don't realize how much more you do get out of something when you watch it again. Rocket Man. I cannot tell you how many times I have watched Rocket Man. Never seen it. Oh my gosh! I saw it on a a media premiere when it you know before it released. Is Elton it Elton John? John? One. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I bought it. Yeah. On Prime, and I just I will just watch it over and over, and I don't know why. Is I it just... the soundtrack that you love? It's got to be part of it, right? I, I mean, I've always loved Elton John. Yeah, but I I don't know what it is to be honest with you. I just cannot get enough of that movie. Okay, did you ever see Yesterday? No, I remember when it came out, and I wanted to, and I never did get to go see that. I think I have it. You've, From a screener. I oh, think I have it, but I never did see it. Top of the list. Yeah? It's so fun. Yeah. It, it's great, the music. And I, I love a a bad movie can have a great soundtrack. Yeah. And it improves. Yeah. Uh, definitely that one. Okay. For sure. Um, well, what are you watching? We've talked about all kinds of stuff I'm watching. What you, other than Dynasty and the Cleavage. Well, <laughs> Um, you know, I've done all the Breaking Bads and the Oranges, the New Black, and Glow. Have you seen Glow? That's, I have. That that's, was fun. That was fun. Um, uh, uh, oh, Peaky Blinders. Um, that's a British show. But again, I, I do have a difficult time uh, understanding the language barrier. And I, I, I know that sounds silly. It's it's English, but it's English English. Uh, so, so sometimes on those programs, I do the subtitles so I can understand. I know you're looking at me crazy. Uh, I had never seen, as far as I knew... Uh, Outlaw Josie Wales, uh, okay. Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. So for Christmas, my wife found that and got that for me. And I've been kind of on this Western kick uh, of, you know, Pale Rider, uh, uh, The Good, Bad, and The Ugly. They're just, you know, again, brain candy. I mean, but how long have we been solitude uh, during the pandemic? That's what we're doing. Yeah. We just keep, you know, w- you know, discovering new old shows. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's fun. I will say this. I did just uh, – I was scrolling Facebook the other day. And John Schneider has uh, he's he's always been near and dear to my heart because uh, I got my nickname Bo from Bo Duke. I, I never knew where you got that from. Th- now that was, I do. That Thank was part you. of it. That was part of it because I was a huge Dukes of Hazard fan, right? Um, he's got a movie that's coming out that is kind of a mix between Dukes of Hazards and Smokey and the Bandit, and there's a lot of element. It sounds like he actually paid for the production of this thing because he's selling just DVDs. They're 20 bucks a pop. I bought it right away because Smoking the Bandit, one of my all-time favorites. Love it, yes. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. And, uh, and so John Schneider uh, has now become an, has been coming up on my peripheral everywhere I look. Uh, one of the reasons we downloaded uh, Pure Flix, there was a movie back in 2012 called I Am Gabriel. And it's about a little boy coming to a town that has lost all hope. And it's fantastic. Lo and behold, John Schneider's in it. He's done so much, and uh, so there's some there's some ideas for you for what you're watching. And uh, you can always reach out to us on social media. You can find me at Bo Matthews, B O M A T T H E W S. And uh, Lori, are you on social media? I'm on Facebook. Okay, yeah. we yep. can find her there. Uh, but coming up, we have another guest that is going to join us on the program uh, because we are in a pandemic and the vaccine rollout. Say what you will. There's hiccups to it. Uh, what's the experience? We've got a guy, actually a friend of yours, uh, that is uh, going to be on the program we're going to talk to next after this break. It's Lori Beakley and Bo Matthews. This is the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Well, if you are listening on the Radio.com app, thank you for doing this. This may be redundant because I do want to let people know that if you received a new phone or a new gadget over the uh, Christmas holiday and you haven't downloaded the Radio.com app, just go to where you get apps 
and look for it. It's called Radio.com. It's a big, beautiful blue R. Download that. You can get KMOX and a lot of other great entertainment uh, anywhere you go in crystal clear digital sound on your phone, on your Bluetooth speaker, whatever. We invite you to download the Radio.com app as uh, soon as you can. My name is Bo Matthews alongside Lori Beakley and um, haven't uh, even thought about getting a reservation for a COVID vaccine, but... Well, a friend of mine actually has gotten the COVID vaccine. He's a firefighter, which would explain why he's gotten one already. So we've got Bill Madrosik joining us by phone. Bill, thank you for taking some time with us today. I'm happy to do it, Lori. And how did they manage, I guess because with you guys being first responders, you kind of got pushed to the top of the list. How did you end up getting yours so quickly? Um. Missouri had changed the the rules a little bit, kind of part way through, to include EMS first responders into the one A phase, and um, we have a we have a medical control that's a doctor that basically is in charge of our medical program, tells us our rules for how we treat patients, and uh, that doctor uh, contacted Mercy and got us to be able to get our first vaccination, first dose, about two weeks ago. And do you know which one you got, Bill? Was it the uh, Pfizer or the Moderna? I got the Pfizer. So is that the one-shot one, or is that the two-shot? Pfizer is two shots, just like Moderna. Oh, oh, they both are now? Oh, okay. Yeah, Pfizer and Moderna are two shots. that They haven't released a, a single-shot one yet. My bad. I, I, I thought one was one and one was the other. Um, and as a firefighter, are you also with Saline Valley uh, Fire Protection District an EMT, technically? Yes, all of our firefighters are EMTs. Well, thank you for that service. Have you had COVID uh, before getting the vaccine? Not that I know of, Bo. <laughs> I did get tested a few times, and I was negative both times. That's good. So you said you got your first dose about two weeks ago. So are you due to get that second one any day, any day now? Uh, next week. I think it's February 2nd is my second dose. I think one of the biggest questions people are, are asking is, is there any side effects to just the vaccine? Did you experience any of that? Myself, I had a pretty bad headache the first night, and then... It kind of lasted through the second day, but it wasn't real bad, and then that was it. I know, but it just depends on the person. Some people have had worse side effects with uh, a little bit of fever, um, maybe even nausea and uh, exhaustion. And are there different side effects with the different doses? I mean, obviously you haven't had your second one yet, but has anybody heard anything of side effects after the second dose that maybe didn't have side effects after the first one? Are you concerned about that at all? I'm not concerned. Um, I do know that uh, through experience and what have other people have told me who have received the, the vaccine, both doses, um, they're more likely to get some worse side effects on the second dose. Do we know why? Uh, I mean, is the second one stronger? Or um... I have a doctor friend in Kansas who basically said that the immune system is already kind of primed for the with the first dose, and so when you get the second dose, it kind of ramps up the um, immune response. So that's that's his explanation for why you might have worse side effects the second dose. Wow! So uh, that that that's amazing. Uh, as a firefighter, how long have you been a firefighter, sir? Uh, Twenty eight years. 
Wow. Well, thank you for uh, your service uh, to the yeah, community. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know it. not only there are other characteristics of firefighters, other than being true heroes going into the fire as opposed to running out like me um you guys always eat good i've always heard that and learned that from uh, from the different firehouses but what do you do with your days off if we could talk about that just for the the half a minute we got you oh i'm uh i have a side business that uh, that it's called wildfire woodworking and uh wildfire woodworks actually um and i build furniture and i also have a small sawmill and i cut lumber to to sell and also use for my woodworking business i knew it i knew it another superhero that i'm sorry i, I you know what I, another uh, community service man that has a, a great uh, job and a great hobby which probably started as a hobby now it's a business so now you're doing even more yes sir well where can people find that stuff and by the way thanks for sharing your uh, covid vaccine experience but where can people find your woodworking um I'm on Facebook. I don't have a website, but I do have a Facebook page called Wildfire Woodworks. Love and, the name. Uh, there's there's two of them on Facebook. One's in Oregon. I'm not that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, uh, keep up the good work on your woodworking, and uh, be safe in your job, and uh, and be safe with the COVID. Lori, thanks for making this uh, connection because uh, you know everybody's just looking for answers. We just want to know, hey, well, how to go? You know, and Bill, you've been able to shed some light on that. All right, great. All right, thank you, Bill. And we're gonna we're gonna stop right here and take a little break and come back and have some more fun right here on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. It's Bo Matthews and Lori Beakley on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. And uh, I I'm not a native St. Louisan, although I've been here a long time. I've been here since 1988. Uh, moved here. To be closer to my dad, who was at uh, Scott Air Force Base, Lori Beakley, however, has uh, never left St. Louis, not even for a day. No, I'm kidding. Uh, she is uh, she is a born and bred. What high school did you go to? St. John's. Oh, see, so proud. Um, but you are a, a lifer here in good old St. Louis. But I got to tell you, when I first moved to town, it wasn't long after uh, April of 88 is when I got here that I started hearing the name Ivan Browning. And Ivan Browning uh, was a guy who said he had a prediction for the New Madrid Fault uh, that was supposed to blow or, you know, erupt or not not erupt, I guess that's not, happen. Shift, yeah. Yeah, uh, something was going to happen with the New Madrid Fault and it was going to run the Mississippi backwards. It was going to flood and change the course of it. And, and that was my first, like, year and a half leading up to it. People were getting these gadgets for their gas lines on their homes, and they sold a gazillion of those things because, you know, we're all looking for answers in any part or any time of the world. But that when you got a guy that claims he knows things, you're like, he kind of takes notice. Uh, just like when 2000 was about ready to come. Uh, you know, where all the computers going to shut down. Yeah. All the, you know, but I'm also gullible. And, Lori, you know that about me. Um, but there is something. The reason I'm bringing this up is because the new matter at fault, kind of back in the news, and we have an expert, a division director, insurance market regulation in the Missouri Department of Commerce and Insurance, Joe LaDuke. Welcome to the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Well, tell us why we are talking to you now, just days before February. Because it February is Earthquake Awareness Month, and uh, Earthquake Awareness Month gives us an opportunity to tell those people that may be at areas in areas that are at risk um, how they and their families can can, can uh, prepare for and survive a major earthquake. 
And uh, living here, we're all at risk all the time because you can't predict an earthquake. So, <laughs> so what, what do we do, Joe? What do we do? <laughs> well, um, there's many things that you can do. Um, it's especially important because we do have that major fault, uh, which runs uh, along the eastern border of the state, extending from the Boot Hill northwards, northwards to St. Louis and even beyond. Um, so some of the things that, that you can do if you actually ha- are experiencing an earthquake uh, is to stop, drop, and hold on. Uh, this is something that our partners at the State Emergency Management Agency tell us to do in earthquake zones, and it's something that, that you should know and actually practice, not unlike a fire drill or a tornado drill. It's, it's important to sort of have that ingrained and remember to stop, drop, and hold on. I did not know that there was an Earthquake Awareness Month, uh, but that is the entire month of February. Uh, there, you know, and I remember as a kid in school, we would have tornado drills uh, in Minnesota where I grew up, and you know, it was you know, get under your desk uh, at school. And I've even had that thought during homeschooling situations that you know, kids learning, uh, you know, uh, distance learning or whatever you want to call it, uh, home homeschooling. Uh, they don't probably do these kinds of things. They probably don't have you know. Mom comes in from the kitchen screaming, you know, as a, as a practice run. Uh, but it's kind of like a fire. You have to know what to do next. Now, uh, Joe DeLuke is our guest, or LaDuke. Would you suggest everybody having a get-out bag? You know what I mean? Just to have, like, certain provisions in case something did happen? Absolutely. That's an important part of having a plan and being prepared in the event of an earthquake. Now, you mentioned stop, drop, and hold on, but I always heard that the best place to be in an earthquake is in a doorway. Is that not true anymore? Or is that a tornado? I don't know. I thought a tornado you got under something, but in an earthquake, you're supposed to stand in a door frame because it's stable. Uh, that that was common um, practice or, or things that people were told to do, but it's not necessarily the safest place to be. Um, it's, it's important that... Um, that you are aware of your surroundings. Most injuries occur from things falling on you. Um, So um, under the doorway may not be the best place. You just want to make sure that, that, um, you know, things aren't going to fall on you. So when somebody does a Google search of Earthquake Awareness Month in February, um, the Missouri Department of Commerce and Insurance, you guys, do you have protocols with some of these suggestions we're talking about right now that people can go and learn for, learn about? Uh, we do have a, a site that we're partnering with with SEMA called centralusquake.org um, that provides a lot of information, not only from the State Emergency Management uh, Agency, who have the primary responsibility for the safety issues and providing information on how to stay safe, but also information about uh, earthquake insurance and other ways that you can prepare yourself in the event of an earthquake. Have there been any findings lately with the New Madrid fault that we should be concerned about that maybe a quake is coming? Well, uh, there um, is a, uh, a study by the U.S. Geological Survey that estimates that the probability of a magnitude earthquake of 7.5 or greater in the New Madrid zone over the next 50 years is 7 to 10 percent. And that study also found that over that same time period, the probability of an earthquake at six 
uh, a magnitude of six or over is 25 to 40 percent. Wow. So it's really not a question of if, but when. And Joe LaDuke is our uh, guest. Um, it, okay, so I'm guessing uh, since, you know, the fault line is known, the New Madrid fault, um, when is the last time it has done anything? There's little quakes all the time. Oh, but something of significance that, you know, people go, yeah, it, it wasn't the big one, but, it, you know, th- I mean, has it been a long time? Well, there was a huge series of earthquakes in um, 1811 and 1812. Okay. Those would probably be the most uh, famous large events that right. caused significant damage. And I can, um, I can say that there are estimates that if a similar event happened today, the potential um, cost, the loss, is over $120 billion. Wow. That's frightening. You know, like we don't have enough to worry about, uh, Joe. Uh, you know, we got a pandemic going on. Let's throw on. No, I'm, I think this is good information. I really do. I think it's good to share with people. And just to keep in mind, um, I mentioned a get-out bag, you know, just, a, you know, clothing and some water. I actually have one in my in my truck when I run around, in, you know, a case of cold weather. Uh, I've got my Elmer Fudd hat. Um, I've got my, my toe warmers. It's always good, like the Boy Scouts, just to be prepared. Right, Joe? Yes, it is. And in that go bag, you should think about having water, canned goods, any other types of things that you would prepare that bag for, for natural disasters. The earthquake um, would fit right in there as one of those natural disasters to be prepared for. Yeah, because that's going to be one of the times having the cell phone probably isn't going to save you because you may not have a signal or Domino's isn't going to be able to get to you where you're at. (laughs) So you can't call for takeout at that particular point either. Now, I know I remember, you know, tremors when I was younger. We had it seems like when I was younger, when we lived farther into the city, it seemed like we had a lot of little earth tremors. Really? And I don't know. Maybe my memory is just crazy, but I don't seem to recall as many lately, which kind of makes me wonder if it's not leading up to something big <laughs> now, <laughs> that, the, now that we're having this conversation. By the way, we all survived 2020, but, 2020, That's true. but 2021 looked at 2020 and said, hold my beer and exactly. watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so why was February chosen? I mean, is this an active, I mean, again, we can't predict earthquakes, but has it been seen to be an active earthquake month in places? Uh, well, an important thing to to know and understand is that an earthquake can happen at any time, just like a tornado. And um, I haven't been around long enough to know why February was chosen, um, but it has been Earthquake Awareness Month for, for many years. So uh, it, they could happen anytime, not just in February. You know, several years ago, I, wo- I was awoken about 4 o'clock in the morning, and I heard what would, what sounded like a sonic boom. And I got on my phone and t- punched into Google, did you feel that? And you know where it took me? To the USGS website. I was nice. Like, and, and there happened to have been uh, an earthquake tremor or something small down, I think, near Festus, which, you know, these things can be, you know, felt miles and states away. But, uh, yeah, so that's all, really all you have to do to Google. You don't even have to go to the actual government website. You can just say, punch in. I'm asking Siri, did you feel that? <laughs> She's like, yes, <laughs> calm down, grab your bag, and go. <laughs> Get out of the house. Anyway, yeah. hey, well, Joe, thank you so much for, uh, you know, the awareness of Earthquake Awareness Month on The Voice of St. Louis KMOX. You've been a big help and a joy to talk to. 
Well, thank you very much for having me. You are so welcome. Lori Beakley and Bo Matthews on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Stay right there. We're coming back, and we are going to be talking with Lewis Reed, the president of the Board of, the board of Aldermen in uh, St. Louis, and we're going to find out what's going on in his world next on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. It's Bo Matthews and Lori Beakley on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. And, uh, boy, we've been all over the board on this show. But you know what? I kind of call it a miscellaneous show. We talk about a lot of things that are top of mind. We've talked COVID. We've talked about earthquakes. Um, and now I would like to uh, welcome on to KMOX Lewis Reed, the president of the Board of Aldermen. Uh, on the line, we had a, a couple of different things we wanted to talk to you about, uh, Mr. Reed. Uh, but first of all, what do we call you? Your Honor? Uh Sir, <laughs> see, there was there was nine kids in our family, so you can call me anything except for late to die. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me. It doesn't it, 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 uh, uh I tried to get people to call me Lou Reed, like the singer, but that didn't really catch on. <laughs> right, so. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah. you you've yeah. been a busy man, um, and uh, you know, on a serious. Let's get right to the serious note. And we all want to save St. Louis. We all want to bring tourism back. Uh, aside from pandemic, we've had our issues in the city. You can agree. Um, what are some yeah. of the, What are some of the things that are top of mind for you, even as far back just as a couple of days ago to this weekend that we just passed? Well, Bo and Lori, the number one thing has to be uh, addressing issues of violent crime in our city. You look at what just happened just this past week where you had a seven-year-old girl and her father just brutally murdered on the streets of the city of St. Louis. This girl was a straight-A student. She had just finished doing some you know, baking with her grandmother and had hoped to, you know, grow up and start a little baking company, right? Um, all of that's gone, right? And her and her father, her father, she was the light of her father's life. And you know what? That would just be tragic if that was, if we only had one of those stories. And you think back to last year, you think all the stories that we can tell very similar to that. And, you know, something's got to give and something's got to change. Um, you know, like I've been saying on this issue, we cannot allow this to become yesterday's news. So I'm thankful to Crime Stoppers, the Central Western Security Organization, uh, for beginning the process of putting a bigger reward fund together. Uh, at last year, I started the Justice for Families Fund. So we're going to put $15,000 into it from the Justice, Justice for, Fam- for Families Fund. So all together, we're going to have a $30,000 reward. We need to use every available city resource to bring uh, this person to justice, and they need to be tried and they need to be prosecuted. Um, There's just no room in our society for someone that would just just commit this kind of cold-blooded murder Anywhere on the, you know, anywhere in America, let alone here on the streets of the city of St. Louis. With that reward, and thank you for starting that because, you know, somebody is going to hear, wow, that's up to $30,000. Hey, I have some information that can help you guys catch this person. Is that something that the community can also contribute to to maybe get some more money into that reward? Absolutely, they can. They can contact Crime Stoppers directly. 
and tell them that you want to contribute to the reward fund for the rest and you know and capture of uh, you know this person right, uh, and that they will add it to this fund. Um, look, we need we need to at times like this is so critical that we band together as a community uh, and have people force this thing so people have second thoughts before going out doing something like this, right? Uh, think about this, uh, Lord. On average, we only close about 30% of the murder cases on average in an average year. Some years we're only closing 10% of those murder cases, right? Which means that 70% on a, on a good year, 70% of the people who murder someone in the city of St. Louis, they're not standing trial. They've been able to do it with absolute impunity, right? You would be more likely to get your car booted and towed for unpaid parking tickets than you are for being captured and held held accountable for murder in the city of St. Louis. So we have to change that dynamic, right? That's why we cannot allow this to become yesterday's news. These folks need to understand. You shoot somebody in the city of St. Louis, we're going to capture you, and you will stand trial. You can you can guarantee that, right? So so when we take that position, uh, we will send a strong message to people who uh, who are out there committing these types of acts, and we need to get them off the streets of the city. We are talking to the president of the board of aldermen of St. Louis, Louis Reed, and uh, Louis. You know, one thing that break the one thing that I can tell you when I first moved to St. Louis, and anytime I would travel, people would say, "Hey, where are you from?" I may live close to Arnold, but you know what? When I tell somebody from out of town where I'm from, I always say St. Louis with pride in my heart. I just I love this city, and so yeah. many people do. What's so What's so sad to me nowadays is you know you talk to somebody about man, I can't wait till Bush Stadium gets fired up again, and we go back to the ball games, and and people say, "I don't go to I don't go to the city at all." And we have so much to offer. We have the new arch grounds. We have the aquarium yeah. uh, at the at Union yep. Station. We have so much to offer, and and I think there's a, a certain amount of people that are just since they don't have to come down here, they're just not going to come down here until we get this thing straightened out. And starting with one, just this incident of this little girl and her dad, that that would be yeah. a sign of hope, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. That's why. That's why we have to. We have to all be unified around this and, you know, be clear about the fact that we're not going to let this become yesterday's news. Or the new the norm. Guy, or the, the new person, norm, right? Or, or the new norm, because when we do it and we say, okay, that was number five, that was number six that was killed, that was number eight and ten and stuff. And it's like, no, it wasn't just number one, two, three, four, five, eight and ten. Right. It was somebody it was somebody's mother, somebody's father, Absolutely. somebody's aunt, somebody's uncle, somebody's child somebody's son and daughter, right, that now have been taken, right? So so we have to we have to be vigilant on this thing and that's part of what's gonna be that what's gonna begin to turn it around also because the people that do this type of thing, they need to understand there's a debt to be paid there, right? And you this isn't something that we're just gonna allow to happen without a response. So um, when I say every available resource, you know, contacting the feds and uh, the police fire, everybody, right, putting, you know, ample reward fund up, right, uh, so that people feel comfortable because then they can come forward in a total, totally anonymous fashion, right, and give us information that will lead to that arrest. Crime stoppers do not, they don't, they don't 
maintain the phone number people call in from. If they do it online, they don't maintain the email address. They don't maintain uh, your IP address. No identifying information is maintained at all to Crime Stoppers. And the system is set up so that they can, so that the people who send the information back, uh, they can match a code to uh, the to the uh, information so that they can, uh, you know, contact Crime Stoppers to collect the reward fund. Now, Lewis, knowing you, I know you're not going to bring it up yourself. You're not going to talk about the fact that you're running for mayor. What? Yeah. I know, right? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's very shy about yeah. such things, so he's not going to toot his own horn about Don't what, be a, shy. Don't what, be a, shy. what a great mayoral candidate he is and everything. But what? how is this going to play into your platform for mayor? Like, what? what kind of stance are you taking? I mean, obviously, you have a very firm stance on fighting crime in St. Louis City, which obviously is something that needs done. How important is yeah. that particular subject in your candidacy? Well, it's, you know, uh, you know, the uh, running for mayor's side, because, you know, um, you know, as president of the board, you have the opportunity to pass laws. But as the mayor, you have an opportunity to actually put these things in place. Right. You don't have that power as president of the board. Uh, uh so so just long term for our city we need we need we need to we need to assure that that when these things happen they are the priority and the buck will stop at that desk right and there's some ownership for it um but whether you know whether I'm mayor of city or, or not and hopefully I will be and, and everything's looking good uh to that end the reason this is absolutely important to me is because my older brother, the one brother that was just right above me, right, our best, my best friend, right, when he was shot and killed, um, it, you know, that that tragic situation began to grow, grow in me over, over time, which drove me ultimately to public service. And, you know, um, so when I see these things happen and I sit with the families and we do this annual vigil, you know, candlelight vigil with them, right? And you see the hurt and despair and just the, you know, it's a, it's a, such an empty feeling. And I remember that keenly, you know, standing by my brother's uh, uh, hospital bed as he passed on. And I don't want another family to have to live through what I've lived through and what other families are living through in the city. So, uh, so that's why, you know, you know, ever since I've been in office, you know, all these years, you've heard me just talk about this public safety issue because that's that is one of the things that that has driven me to even, um, you know, enter into public service. Well, I'm very sorry for your loss. I had no idea your brother uh, was killed. Um, and but that gives an extra fire under you to to try and help this city heal. And you can hear the passion in your voice. You can hear the passion in your voice for law and order. Um, what can people do to learn more about the candidates that are running? Because I'm hearing some some crazy, crazy platforms. I mean, somebody just told me that there's there's possibly a candidate that's wanting to make prostitution and strip clubs legal in downtown St. Louis. Is that is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yes. And it, it, here, here's the thing about this. so. So 
some of those issues like that will pop up, right? And, you know, you'll get people online that will say, yeah, you guys need to do that and stuff. So a lot of candidates fall into that trap where they say, well, I don't want to make anybody mad, so I'm going to uh, – this is going to be one of the things that I push. So, you know, um, and I've never been, been that way because I, you know, I always say you have to respect the voters enough to tell them the truth. And if they vote for you because of it, then fine. If they vote against you because of it, then fine. But you have to respect them enough to tell them the truth. But this one came out of left field where one of the candidates actually introduced it as part of their platform. Wow. Come on. uh, uh, Tashar Jones said that she wanted to legalize prostitution. Well, obviously, I think that's a horrible idea, right? (laughs) Uh, you have sex trafficking. You have issues with sef- sex trafficking right now, right? Uh, and also, she wanted to bring back uh, strip clubs in the city of St. Louis. Her and uh, and uh, and all the women, Spencer. And you're like, wait a minute. You know, how, you tell me how that's going to help our economy. You tell me how that's going to help the public safety issues, Absolutely. the image, or anything in the city of St. Louis, right? Um, and to make that you know, a platform and, for somebody's candidacy is just nuts to me. But anyway, I don't mean to cut you off, sir. But this is uh, this. I'm just baffled at this point. This sounds like New York and how it's going backwards so quickly. Oh yes, yes. And then we have to. We have to again. We have to reject some of these just crazy ideas out of hand. Uh, you know because. They will not benefit the city as a whole. They're not going to benefit anybody that's trying to raise a family in our city. They're not going to benefit our economy. Nothing by doing that. Well, Lewis Reed, uh, president of the Board of Aldermen, thank you for your service to this uh, this community for as long as you've been doing it. Good luck in your, uh, your mayoral run, which uh, then we would be calling you honorable, right? Honorable. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm still trying <laughs> to figure that out. I would, I, be, uh, yes, yes, Mayor, Mayor Reed, which would be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> well, I, th- I think I'd love that, too. I th- you, sound, you can hear the passion and love in your voice. April 6th of this year is the mayoral election uh, in St. Louis. Get the information. Just don't know a name and just don't vote for that. Get the information about the person and the content of their character. Louis Reed, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, thank you. Mark, uh, have them, if anybody wants any additional information, then go to readforstlouis.com. Read for and March 2nd is the primary, and April is the general. Thank you so much. Thank you all for having me on. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, more to come right, on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Stay right there. Bo Matthews and Lori Beakley on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have been uh, talking about this idea of uh, working together for a very long time. A very, I mean, I, people don't even understand how long because we just got along. You know, when you go to work, you have friends you just get along with, and you're going to go be on a softball team or what. And you and I just kind of hit that off uh, just like that. You, you are a, a master at, at pro uh, radio. You have been in radio a long time. And I just have had mad respect for your skills and who you've worked with. So and right back at you. Thanks for stooping low to work with oh, me. Though. No, stop. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it, this world—it's—it's it's really about observing what's going on in this world. And the pandemic is something that uh, we're all so tired of hearing about it. What's also crazy is I referenced earlier in the show. 
I thought I just heard somebody, maybe Anthony Fauci, I don't know who it was, saying that triple masks are the way to go. I mean, one mask isn't enough. You have to have three. You remember at the front end of the pandemic, N95 masks. Mm-hmm. Well, now, I mean, I for a time, Lori, I was even using sleeves of old T-shirts as a gator mm-hmm. uh, until I bought my store-bought gator. But again, I don't think it's really, I don't know if it's doing anything. But I'm not about to try three masks no. at one time. I still need to breathe oxygen. Right. Um, what is your what, what is your mask of choice, ma'am? <laughs> well, I actually have several. No big surprise to you. <laughs> right. Everybody I, does. I like to coordinate. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have ones that match your outfit like exactly? No. None. But well, I have some that are that are close. You know, I've got because I'm a girl. I have a pink one. I have a white one. I have a black one. You know, so different ones to go with different things. But, but... not a blouse that matches the mask exactly? Um, I've seen I've seen Hollywood movie stars like that. My seek or my um, rhinestone one kind of goes with everything. Well, don't tell us what it matches. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> but no, I don't I don't have an exact match to everything or to anything. But, you know, like you, you got to wonder what are they really protecting? Are they protecting anything? Because it's a, I mean, I have the fabric kind and the gators are fabric, but so I got a piece of fabric over my mouth. Right. What is that doing for if me? If that makes the other person comfortable, yeah. uh, okay, it's checking right. off a box kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But do you, are you believing all the technology? We knew companies were going to jump on board with this. Uh, there's a great company out in St. Peter's, a sanitizer and mask store. They've, they've made a killing, but they've helped yeah. a lot of people. Um, and good friends, Gary Kelman out there and his partner out there do a great job. But there's all these people that are claiming this technology is Mm-mm. going to be the best thing. Now, I just read the other day um, that there is a breakthrough mask that is like a smoke detector for COVID-19 and a way to track the uh, the virus. But can you believe that? No. I, I don't even know. <laughs> The greatest challenge, they say, of containing COVID-19 continues to be that a carrier can be contagious for two days before developing symptoms, which is baffling to me. But as people are looking for you know, options, it's almost like I'm checking a box. I've got, I've got a surgical mask that's hanging on my turn signal in my vehicle that it, you know, if I'm going into the store, I'm going to grab it. I guarantee you it's been in my truck for I have. It's not just a one time use. I'm sorry, but I'm. I can't be alone doing that. Right. Have you reused a mask? Before? Well, mine are all washable. So with the cloth ones, you know, it's like okay, wore that one, throw it in the hamper, grab another one out of the closet, throw it in the hamper. Literally one once a day. I mean, you you change. It if out I once just a day? you know, if I just have to run into a store and it's on for like a minute, no. But if I've worn it all day, heck yeah, I'm going to throw that thing in the washer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will tell you that even motorcycle helmets are only good for one impact. Oh, well, yeah. And then you're supposed to trash them. And then you're done. So I don't know. It's almost like uh, with this new technology that they are saying, um, you know, the the guy's legit. You know, he's uh, working under a huge grant from the National Institute of Health. Uh, He calls this the smoke detector for COVID-19. The mechanism is a small blister pack like the disposable casing that holds pills that attaches to any mask. It features a bit of tubing that collects the tiny droplets in your breath all day long. So they say, he says, think about breathing on a cold window pane. Amplify that for eight hours, scrape it off, and put it in a tube. You'll be surprised how much liquid is in there. So I guess there's something to it, but I don't know. That... I just, you know, I don't see how that's going to tell you if you've got COVID. Just like I don't see how and these companies are coming out with these antimicrobial clothes. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. that going to go away as soon as you wash it? Uh, 
Or do they expect you to never to wash your clothes? Because that's just gross. Well, you remember years ago, a few years ago, several years ago, uh, you weren't supposed to wash your jeans. You were just supposed to put them in the freezer. Do you and remember that? And that ended up being a big hoax. And the person from, I think it was Levi, was like, oh my gosh, no, that was a joke. I never really <laughs> did not wash my jeans. And all these people were like... But we listened to you, uh, and we weren't washing our jeans. Like, <laughs> well, fools, what's the matter with you? Wash your clothes. And my and my frozen pizza tastes funny now. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I mean, we're we're all looking for answers. Like yeah. we said, that's the that's the fatiguing part of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, it's not real," or "It is real." Well, I know people that have died from it, and, yeah, and, and I do it's too. Very sad. Um, but we still have to keep doing what the experts. Seem to say. But it, you, are these mask? experts that are coming out with the smoke detector type of mask and the antimicrobial clothing, or are these just hoaxes to get us to spend our money? Uh, you know, can you imagine how much money has been spent oh, on just masks? I think about that all the time, especially when I watch Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this is the new and improved mousetrap. Mm, yeah. Is it? You got to reinvent you gotta be, the wheel. You got to be weary uh, and and continue to wear your. I I think the surgical mask, especially since it's disposable, and a lot of stores are handing them out for free. Uh, that's Lori Beakley. My name is Bo Matthews. We are going to come back in just a moment with some final thoughts on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. It's Bo Matthews and Lori Beakley on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. We've got some final thoughts before we uh, get out of here and hand the controls over to the next person that you can enjoy here on KMOX. And I, I got to thinking about I have this uh, this like theater set up with a treadmill and a bicycle, uh, a recumbent bike in an area of my garage. It's already it's VIP. Looks fantastic. Haven't touched it. Haven't been on it. And this whole time, I, I spend so much time in the, on a computer or in a studio recording, and I'm never on this thing. I, I don't even take 30 minutes to go in there. And so I'm thinking, okay, do I sell this on Craigslist? Do I just toss it? I mean, mm-hmm. what, what do you what do you do? Do you have items like this? I mean, you got to be honest in this conversation. We're going to talk. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I did. And I had this this stepper, and it's always exercise equipment that we're all looking to get rid of for some reason. But I had a stepper that I bought with every intention of using this thing, and I didn't. You know, it ended up being one of those things you hang the clothes on, or the cats are playing on, or and the cat actually stepped on the stepper <laughs> thing more than I did. I look at her one day, and she's just like, <laughs> and oh, she's, no. I'm like, no. So I I finally had to face facts that I wasn't going to use it. I have wasted my money. I got to get rid of this thing. I we had a treadmill a long time ago, and I did have a fitness era. We knew each other during that. Time. I was going to the Gold's Gym all the yeah. time, and I had this uh, this treadmill, and I got rid of it because I just wasn't using it because I was go- going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Why take up the space in the house? So I told my wife, I said, if I remember the Gazelle, remember yes, Tony, Tony, Tony what, Little, yeah, there you. Yep, <laughs> uh, I had one of those things, and I told her when I got rid of that thing, I said, if you ever see me reach for my wallet to buy any <laughs> exercise equipment, please jump on me like I'm on fire. Yeah. We bought another treadmill. Oh, no. And then we bought a recumbent bike. Oh, no. And it looks fantastic, like a little personal gem. And you're not using it not again. Not using it. And I just, I know other people want to. Yeah. What do you do with stuff like that? Uh, so you had a stepper. I had a stepper. No and more. It's not taking no, any space in your house. No, it's not. But, you know, I didn't want to go through Craigslist because you hear all these horror stories about Craigslist. There is a level of difficulty there. <laughs> right. I didn't want to do that. Or, you know, like the Facebook Marketplace, kind of the same thing. You get the scary stories. So I just one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put it out on the curb for heavy pickup. And if 
if the trash people don't, because it was new, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just not using it. Sure. So if the trash collectors don't pick it up on heavy pickup, maybe Hold somebody. What? what are you saying? Heavy for pickup? heavy pickup? Yeah. Um, so, and I live in the city, so I don't know if this is something that's done outside of the city. But, I don't know what this is. Okay. So, once a month is how it used to be done. They may have changed that. I don't know. And it was always the beginning of the month. But starting on the first Monday of the month, if you have large items, you can put them out on your curb. Like a stepper? Like or, a st- And this wasn't a big stepper, but yeah, like a stepper or a treadmill or an you know, appliance? A, a couch. Or, yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. So, you can put it out on your curb. And if somebody driving by doesn't pick it up, which happens more often than the bulk pickup, you know, because people drive by and I like that little table and they've got it set out for heavy pickup. But you know what? I'm going to grab it before heavy pickup does. That happens all the time. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So I put the stepper out and sure enough, somebody before heavy pickup, somebody got themselves a new stepper. You know, I, I I will say that I am not too shy. Uh, well, I, I will tell you this. When I first moved to St. Louis, uh, I was working on the radio part-time, uh, but I was also a trash man at Scott Air Force Base. And those those uh, Air Force people, those, those families are in and out. They're, they're yeah. dumping stuff. I'm finding good stereos. I'm finding all this great stuff. And I'd bring it home, and I'd be like, ooh, I kind of feel weird doing that. Uh, but we have – I'm not too proud. I mean, if it if it's a, something I can refurbish and, and make it you know work in my backyard, and we have done that over the years, but I've never heard of this heavy pickup. Usually, the rednecks where I live, <laughs> they just dump it off in the ditch. Um, but, you know, there's a guy that I, I listen to a lot and I have a lot of respect for. His name is Gary V. He's got a hugely successful podcast. He says, nobody needs to be without money yeah. because you can go to, like, what you're talking about, find something on the side of the road that's being discarded of, clean it up, sell it on Craigslist or Marketplace, mm-hmm. and and there's people that do that on a regular basis. I knew a guy that was a, a white-collar you know, uh, executive. He was done with the rat race, and that's what he does. To this day, does small engine repair. He'll get old mowers and stuff that doesn't work. Sells them on Craigslist. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do that. And it's a great side hustle for a lot of people if you've got the time. Or the main hustle. Right. If you've got the time to scour the neighborhoods around the first. And like I said, they may have changed it from the first of the month. But, you know, just drive around, see what you can find. Because you'd be surprised at what people put out for heavy pickup. Yeah, they also call it, well, out where I I live in Jefferson County. But uh, they also call it curbside pickup. Yeah. Like, you know, or or if you go to Craigslist and you punch in free, Mm -hmm. the free section, you can find out what people are getting rid of. It may be bricks and you don't want that. Yeah. But it may be something that you could turn into some cash. I mean, in this day and age. There's your entrepreneurial spirit waking yeah. up. You could do this. Exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, how much time have we got? We good? Got a few minutes? Okay. Aside from uh, aside from exercise equipment, kitchen appliances that either are gifted to you and you never use anything that, that has somebody given to you and you just never have used. Bread machine. Yep. Everybody's got one. I, you know, <laughs> why is it always the poor little bread machine? As much as we all... Admit it or not, we all love carbs. We all love bread. I love bread. And I had this bread machine and I I used it twice and ended up giving it to a friend of mine because I just I quit using it. Yeah. It 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 is one of those things. We we did it once. We we did the bread and it was fantastic bread. But you know what? It's just as easy to go down to the bakery or go down to the grocery store. I'm so lazy. Um, and I'm, I'm a baker. I'm a, a baker's right. son. Um, you shouldn't be using a bread machine. You should get in there and knead that dough yourself. So my dad, he sends me years ago, a couple of years ago, an air fryer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to love this. I saw the commercial. He he wanted me to have it. He didn't get himself one. He just, uh, he just wanted me to have it, so he sent it. 
we used it one time for our, you know, I don't know what model it was. It was so hard to clean. And then I realized our oven of our stove is a convection oven. Oh. Guess what an air fryer is? A convection oven. Exactly. Look at that. But you know what? I had to send it to my father in New Jersey, and he uses it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there's your final thoughts. Clean up that house, right? Um, and, uh, And purge the parts and things that you're not using anymore. Lori Beakley, thank you so much for joining me on the program. It has been a true blast. It has, yes. I have enjoyed every moment. Let's do it again. My name is Bo Matthews. That's Lori Beakley. Thank you so much for listening to The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Have a great rest of your weekend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.